These are stories of women, mothers, and enterprises filled with grit, gumption, and overcoming. Where in the midst of adversity, we see her rise up. She makes a choice. She chooses to emerge. I'm your host, Becca Erickson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the To Emerge podcast. I am joined with life coach to divorced women, Anna Spilcher. And she also, her life coaching company is called Roadmap to You, the number two, roadmaptoyou.com. Check her out. Um, And we're going to get into all kinds of things about your own story and why you made life coaching out of your own story. So Anna, welcome to the To Emerge podcast. Hi, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited. Fun to be in your presence. Can you kind of rewind the clock for us and and tell us about your husband and kids and then, of course, the story of the divorce? Yes, absolutely. I'm going to start way back in 2001. My mom, my sister, and myself, we immigrated from Russia to join the rest of our family. I... um, I didn't really know many people back in 2001, and if you can believe it, I did not speak English. So I had to learn real fast. And you did. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I went to the U very quickly after that. I double majored there, and then that's where I met my ex-husband, now ex-husband. And it's kind of ironic because we met online. And in mm. 2002, this wasn't a thing, online, online dating. It was more of a chat rooms and, you know, instant messengers search. So that's how we met. Was it like an online matching for Russian? You know, no, but you could specify the language. Okay. And I did. And I messaged to like three guys and one responded. And then we ended up, you know, spending 10 years together. Mm-hmm. So... How did I end up doing roadmap? 10 years, fast forward, we have two kids, we have the house, we have this dream, we have our education, Mm -hmm. everything. And this is the point where my values were were very different from his. All of a sudden, they were not similar. And my focus was on my two little children, and I wanted to be a mom, and that was my number one thing where he was pretty honest with me and he didn't want to have a family anymore and he didn't want to be a parent. So both of us, that was kind of a irreparable difference. We couldn't, um, there was nothing that would make that different because we wanted such different things. He then moved back to Russia and I remained here in Minneapolis. I haven't heard from him since. What? But, <laughs> oh my goodness. So the kids don't. No, even... they do not. No. Did he want to have children when you were first married? Yes, he did. Okay. Mm-hmm. So something in mm-hmm. his agency changed. That's what we can speculate about. Something sure, changed. Sure. You don't. I don't. Um, I don't know. I haven't really heard from him. I know he's still living and he's doing fine. On occasion, he reaches out to his parents. But I have a new story. That is exactly why I decided to start something. When I, when I was first divorced, I was so confused and lost about what is happening in my mind 
divorcing was the worst thing that could happen back when I divorced. So when it did happen and I ended up being a divorced single mom, which Mm -hmm. I did not like that terminology. And on top of that, I was so enmeshed in my relationship with him. So everything was together so that I didn't even know what my favorite color was. It was so amazing to me that people, other women could say, well, this skirt, this model looks good on me. I'm like, how do you know that stuff? So I started kind of figuring out one by one, starting with the color. I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's where I started. And I started pulling the thread of building a network around me, Mm -hmm. talking to other women like me. At first, no one I knew was divorced. So I was 30 years old. This is typically when a lot of people just get married. I had two children. I, um, I was divorced. That was my label for, that I put for myself. So I, I met a lot, of, a lot of amazing people on the way here. And I remember feeling like I'm on top of the world. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the happiest I've ever felt. Even when my children were born, which was one of the happiest moments. Even when I got married, I thought that was amazing. This was like, I think I figured it out. I think I can live. I think I can have a good life. And I can use this adversity to, to create even a better life. And I loved that feeling so much. I wanted, I wanted to give it to other women. It was everything. Mm. So the community around you is kind of what brought you to this high point again? Um, I think that is definitely one main component. I think I was building, I was using help. I did not get here by myself. First, I had a therapist. Then I had a life coach who was pivotal to my success, to my rebirth. Then I had uh, friends who were just nothing but supportive. and. I just thought these are the things that we need to have Mm -hmm. to be on this path to feeling better, to looking uh, better, to feeling more hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. Did your parents immigrate with you? Uh, They did. So my mom is a single mom. My dad did immigrate later, just a couple years ago. Okay. So I kind of knew about single momhood from being a child. Yeah. But Unlike my situation, my dad was present and involved. Okay. Yeah. And then are your ex-in-laws in the States or are they in Russia? They're here. Oh my gosh. They're the most wonderful people. They were just instrumental in my sanity and how okay. they came through. And we still have a really good relationship and we're just probably closer than we were okay before we got a divorce so right. they're here okay because they're like we want to see our grandkids and we want to be in your life yes exactly. and we don't know why he would do that that's not our values we don't know why he would just all of a sudden decide he didn't want to be a dad that doesn't make sense to us is that kind of how they handled it? that's exactly how they handled it and they're very kind and open and loving and i think they were hurting too from this situation mm-hmm. they're very kids focused people so I think maybe we helped each other we had this common problem so to speak common pain yeah yeah right they had to grieve that too it's you have to grieve a major loss of a relationship but then think about 
any parent where you watch your child go through divorce, it's like, whoa, they have to grieve something they weren't expecting. Exactly. I can't, I can't imagine what they were going through. I'm sure it's their, it's their, it's your own, it's a different kind of pain. Yeah. As a parent. Right. And especially if there's, you know, a cultural or a religious or the, a familial shame or something that's brought upon the family. Um, it's like a lot to bear mm. as a mother to an adult son. And, but anyway, we can't, again, we can't speculate what they're feeling. I'm just, it's so refreshing to hear that they're supportive of you and that they're in the kid's life. Yes. I, that's the gift I got out of this divorce. Mm. One of the gifts is a beautiful relationship with them. Well, you know, what's an even better gift too, is the relationship you got with yourself. I mean, this, the way you finally figured out like, who am I apart from him? Because I am not him, you know, and that you started by asking yourself, what's your favorite color? <laughs> and it turns out, like <laughs> it turns out I was asleep actually, because oh. I was living the, you have to get education, then you get a house then you have children, you get married, you're done. Well, I made that expectation by the age of 28. Now what do I keep having children? Mm. So I realized that I was half asleep going through the motion, going through what was pre-programmed by society, by my environment, my community. And I am really grateful that through this pain, I actually had to wake up and make mm. intentional choices and pivot my life where I think is the right way to go versus where I ended up being. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that trials and suffering put the squeeze on you and in the squeeze you find out who you are or you crumble into a puddle. I mean, that's the entire premise of a merge mother's academy is you, you rise up out of ashes rather than laying in the pile of them. You have to take the squeeze and say, what's the meaning and purpose out of this then? You know, it's the, you said it so beautifully. I think we're trying, most of us are trying to avoid pain, to avoid adversity, to make sure, you know, I'm having a good life if I'm able to avoid all the painful points. But it's the other way around, right? You want that adversity because on the other side of it, you're, gonna, you're going to emerge. And what a beautiful right. name for, yeah. for a podcast. It's, that's exactly, it's a new version of you. Yeah. And there's so much to be grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're really not tested, you don't see the strength of the iron. You don't see the strength of refined gold. You know, I, I agree. I love that. I love that you call it roadmap to you. <laughs> like you stood up for yourself. <laughs> right. Right. Oh my gosh. So many things are happening to us and around us and we're trying to control them all. We're trying to prevent hurt, you know, for, for, hurt coming toward ourselves or our children yeah. or get, you know, losing a job. But the only thing we can control successfully truly is ourselves, our mind, our mindset, our thoughts, where we are, our values that we believe in. And if we shift that focus, there's very few resistance there going forward. Right. And how incredible that we have metacognition over our cognition that we can we can choose to tell it what to think. <laughs> yes. You know, like I will still parent my children in this way. I will look at the loss of a job in this way. I will look at suffering in this way. You know, we get to choose 
our brain level from a higher brain level. It's absolutely revolutionary. It's how humans? <laughs> how do they not teach us this at school? I feel like this is like kindergarten level. <laughs> we should start with this. Well, the good thing, Anna, is we get to teach our kids how to have thoughts about their thoughts. It, exactly. Like we can start it with our three-year-olds. It's incredible. How old are your two kids now? So my daughter is going to be 12 in a couple of weeks and my son is seven. Okay. So they, they knew what was happening. Well, my son was two. He was two. So he doesn't remember. Oh, sure. Yeah. He but was. my daughter, of course, she doesn't. She, we've done therapy with her and I keep preaching adversity to them and saying how far ahead they are of everyone mm. else who has never experienced anything like this. Yeah. And I do have someone else in my life right now who kind of stepped into the father's shoes mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. So for my son, who was two and now is seven, Crucial. for him, that's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, the grandfather, you know, to him. Yes. They have two, yeah. one on each side. Sure. So your dad, your dad is still actively in your life, even though they were separated also your your whole life. oh yes yes okay right so they have yes. all the grandparents that's like they do oh, what a gift yes good <laughs> good what's um in your life coaching and when you meet with other divorced women like what's kind of the general theme you're usually you're like i'm preaching this every day to these women i wish i could just make a banner in the sky <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's funny that you ask i was just thinking about that it's telling yourself a negative story and believing that your circumstances are the worst. So they don't know that those thoughts are optional in that people um, who perceive to be more happy, it's not necessarily that they have seen less hardships. It's the story that they tell themselves. It's what they choose to focus on. It's what they choose to bring in the forefront. Mm. And if we can practice that kind of like squats at the gym, same way we practice any habit, everything starts to kind of line up. There is less grief and pain. No kidding. Right. Everything takes muscle building, even our emotional muscle. I agree. It's like yes. the more times you tell yourself a story of like, this will, be, this will be used to my good. This will be used for the good of my children. This will be versus some false thinking of, of course he did this to me because I'm worthless. Oh my goodness, girlfriend, that's going to get you nowhere. <laughs> there's no upside to it. No, like as soon as you realize there is no benefit there for you to beat that dead horse, you will let go. Yeah. He doesn't get to feel it. You get to feel it every day, every moment you think mm -hmm. that thought, how awful he is and how, how much pain you're feeling. Yeah, right. But you're... Your thoughts don't make a dagger to him at all, right? You're right. He doesn't know what you're thinking. Absolutely not. No, if anything, it's, I think it's your children because they do get a glimpse. And yeah. uh, there's a certain way that we feel after thinking those thoughts and that transpires. And everything, your posture, your smile or lack of, it's, it's more than just saying things or not saying things. Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, let's take this to a general kind of a market where if something weird happens at work 
and you're stewing on it as you're like mixing the stew for the, the soup for the night. And you're like, well, now I'm thinking about that rather than the, the soup. And then your kid says, mom, can you help me figure out three different ways to make a sum of 12? And you're like, I don't want to talk to you. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That was not that was not the stew soup talking. That was the stew talking that I'm stewing about problems. Oh from my work. gosh. I'm so sorry. Like, cause the kids will be like, are you stressed out? Cause you're cooking. I'm like, no I'm stressed out because I'm simmering about a hot topic. And I'm, oh. I'm sorry. I can't help you find the sum of 12. And it's amazing. If you can even think of it at the moment and realize that you are taking this work soup uh, into your personal life. Normally it's like we snap. And then we get, we think we're angry at the children or whoever it is talking to us when it's really, it's nothing, it has nothing to do with them. I know. And then, and then you like backtracking like, oh honey, that was, I was having a weird moment. I do value that you're trying to um, get an A on your homework. Ah, ah. No, I'm just using too many words. I'm so sorry. I'm done talking now. And your child is just staring at you. And we're digging and we're digging further and further. Oh my gosh. And our parenting skills take a hit and oh self-esteem takes a hit. Oh my goodness. Can you, um, in Russian, tell me some of the like Russian mantras that made you be like, go forward, Anna. Say it in Russian language? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like what would you tell yourself or do you talk to yourself in English? You know, I think now I do, but I, I'm definitely fluent in Russian. Right. Um, I will overcome everything. Oh my gosh, do it again. I will overcome everything. I have in the past and I will in the future. Wow. I mean, <laughs> mindset, right? Mindset. Yeah. That's so cool. So do the kids look at Roadmap to you and say like, look, mom, you're building something out of your story. This is how you're handling adversity. We see it with our own eyes. Or are they like, we don't know what mom's doing. I don't know. <laughs> you know, they're, start, they're, they're starting to pay attention. At first, I kind of shielded them from it, thinking they don't need any more exposure to my story. They, they're little. They don't yeah. understand anything. But now they see me built this thing they see me rise they see me overcome mm. and i can i can tell it's having an effect they're trying they're you know trying to plan their time more effectively they're coaching their friends at school which was hilarious so it's more of you know don't do as i say do as i as you see me do it and it's mm -hmm. it's this is a, the greatest example watching them pick up on my better habits and my mindset mindset shift and yeah take it on so naturally versus me preaching it to them but that never works <laughs> agreed that's why i'm like oh less words oh stop talking now i'm just digging a hole but <laughs> actions are so much more powerful um i hate to like take us back into the dark times but maybe either a time shortly after the divorce or when he was saying to you, you know, like, I, I don't want to be a dad anymore. I can't imagine what that did to your thoughts and what you're like, wait a second, my vows in marriage don't mean anything anymore. You know, take me to that dark day where you're like, whoa, everything just fell apart. And then what held you anymore? So I don't mind going back there and I would love to 
go back and explore it with you. Um, we, I, the way it happened, it wasn't so clean cut, you know, we're done. It was more of, uh, I'm going on uh, business travel and then gone. I'm going on, you know, to see this friend so-and-so. So I could feel the pulling away, but the communication wasn't there for both of us. So not to make this any worse, but hopefully someone will relate to this. The message that we're not going to be a family was, it was a text message that I received that I'm never coming back. What do you mean? Um, I don't want to be married. I don't want a family. I don't want this eight to five. I am done. So I think I kind of knew something was up. I didn't think we would get a divorce. I, I thought, okay, we're having problems. We're hitting this nine, 10 year mark. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yep. Two small children, two jobs, understandable mortgage. Mm -hmm. But when I received that message, I was at work. I remember thinking I'm going to throw up right here in my cubicle. So I called his parents, which is kind of ironic. They came to my house and, um, uh, we had a meeting, a family meeting, and they were super supportive. And I remember my mother-in-law said, listen, what's happening is awful, but it's not the end of your life. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, it absolutely is the end of my life. This is the worst thing that can happen. And it's, I can still hear her say it. And she said, you will rise up and the children will pull you through. And thank God bless her. This is exactly what happened. I would have preferred to lay in my bed for months, but I had to get up, feed them, and I had to create this presence of normalcy for them. Um, and I think I still can't go back to her words. It was just so important mm. for her to, to say that. Mm. I don't even know if, if she remembers saying it. Right. And a lot of times people don't because their trauma experience was different than yours. You know, something's going to resonate with you longer. So do you feel like it was her hope for your future that pushed you forward? I think having them in my, you know, on my side was very, very important. When somebody believes in you and tells you, I will help you no matter what, it's it's this magic pill, so to speak. But um, I remember sitting in my house and it's dark and it's cold and uninviting. And I'm thinking, life cannot be about this. Like, I just know, even though I was a negative, quite negative person before, there was, this cannot be. This is not why we are born and then we have children. Something else is there and I will find it until i find it i will not rest that was the moment that's the promise i gave to myself yeah and do you feel like you're finding it day by day absolutely oh my gosh everything i have everything i have is because i told myself i will not rest until this is figured out mm -hmm. and because i've already figured out and we all have even if you're just in the process of divorce and you haven't figured it all out, but there are other things in your past that you have figured out. And you, this is what I tell my clients, you take that mechanism, the way you did that, and you apply it. And you give yourself that knowledge, that confidence, okay, 
I don't have the answers yet, but I will keep looking until I find them, however long that takes me. You are so wise. And oh I could just listen to you talk all day long. And oh I'm my sure gosh. This is why you are a life coach, because people are like, Anna, I just want to have you be my cheerleader in my corner. And I will. I love it. I love that I have this track record and to give hope. And in some moments, all you need is hope. Absolutely. Just a little bit knowing it's going to be okay. I remember asking my life coach, all I want, I'd say, okay, I have a question. She's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And someone believing you, how do you know? I know. Do you know 100%? I know 100%. Mm. So I do know a hundred percent for those of us who do try, who take action after action after action, we will get where we want to be. Yeah. People are very resilient, you know, and if you yes. choose to persevere, you will make it. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Anna, thank you so much for just sharing so much about your life and your personal details. And then um, just making yourself available to so many women as a life coach at Roadmap to You. Absolutely. It was my pleasure and honor. Thank you for having me. Thank you. The To Emerge podcast is brought to you by Emerge Mothers Academy. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a positive review. A special thanks to our media manager, Laurel Goulson, and to Jessica Manning for our music. This podcast is sponsored by Emerge Mothers Academy, a Twin Cities nonprofit equipping single moms through social work, counseling, work preparation, and a microloan grant program. We believe all moms can emerge as confident women and caring moms. To get involved or support us, please visit EmergeTwinCities.org.